get you a history buff, possibly music buffs here. September 29th, 1979. Anybody know what that date is? You ever heard the song by Jimmy Buffett? Uh, Pina Colada? Am I bringing back memories now all of a sudden? Uh, uh, So the song starts off, the song starts off, the 9 o'clock didn't get this, he did. Let me just sing it real quick. No, we won't do that either. Uh, The guy's sitting there, I'm not going to read the whole lyrics to you, but the theme is going to go with our theme for today. Uh, God wants a relationship with you. Our lesson comes out of Luke, let me get that going for you, chapter 13, verse 10, so we can be ready there when we get there. He says, I was tired of my lady... And we were together too long, uh, and so, like, a worn-out record of my favorite song. So he's laying there next to his wife, and he's reading the paper, and he reads the one ads. And, and this one ad is, if you like pina coladas, getting caught in the rain, if you're not into yoga, uh, you, if you have half a brain. She's talking about, this is a lady put an ad in there, talking about her husband. She's got a half a brain. Uh, and, and so it goes along on this thing there. Well, the guy says, well, what the heck? Let me answer this ad. He answers the ad. The long story of the song goes, it's kind of neat. He goes along and he says, let's just go for broke. Let's meet here and just start a new adventure together. When he gets to the hotel where his this newspaper ad that he met to talk to was, guess who was there? His wife. She had broke the ad. She had broke the ad and he had redone it. And here's what's funny about that is they both wanted the same thing, but they were not communicating with one another. That's the whole purpose of that song. That, that there. They were both wanting the same thing, but they had grown so far apart that they had not, they had, uh, they had, uh, not talked to each other about what each other wanted and needed in life. And so that's going to run into our sermon. Just kind of keep that in the back of your mind as I read the scripture, and then we'll kind of roll back into that area there. Now, this is chapter 13, Luke 13, verse 10. It says, Now he was teaching in the, in the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had the spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way rise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he, said, and he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, and he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore come to be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered and said, Hypocrite! Does not each one of you on the Sabbath, loose his ox, his donkey from the stall, and lead it to water, away to water. So ought not this woman be a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound? Think of it. For eighteen years he loosed from his bonds on the Sabbath. And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glory, glorious things that were done by him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Jesus, uh, I would have liked to hang around Jesus, not only because he was God, because he was a potster. Uh, some people, I know this is hard to believe, and I don't really believe it at all, say that I'm a potster. I know how to say the right thing and say that to the right person that I can stir the pot just enough and leave. 
But that's what Jesus is doing here, really. Honestly, he's a pot stirrer. Because we see also back in Luke chapter 6, verse 7, it's also there's a story in Matthew 12 and in Mark 3 uh, about a guy with a withered hand, and everybody's watching to see if Jesus would heal on the Sabbath. And he does. He doesn't do it. He could have easily said, ma'am, I'll come visit you tomorrow. Or he could have visited her the day before. He could have went to her home after the, the church service and uh, he could have healed her. He could have done it many different ways, but he does it in the crowd in front of all the people for a specific reason. He knew exactly what he was doing, knew exactly the message that he wanted to get across. And, and, so, and that's where it leads us today. What is the problem? What is the problem with Jesus healing somebody on there? If somebody in the church service come down and said they had cancer or uh, diabetes or something else, you come to the altar and we prayed for you and you were healed, we'd rejoice, would we not? We're not bound. Number one thing, we, well, you hear me talk a lot about Jewish ways. We're not bound under the Jewish law. Understand that. We are not bound under the Jewish law and the Jewish ways. Uh, there are good practices and good things to know. The problem leads to is the synagogue leaders, the uh, Pharisees, the Sadducees, they were rule followers. Because we look at them as bad people, and they really weren't. We, what we see is that they were rule followers because they did not want to go into exile again. Between 700 and 500 B.C., the first the northern kingdom fell, then the southern kingdom fell, and they were let off to Babylon. A lot of your Old Testament prophecy books, you know, Daniel, uh, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and uh, Nehemiah, all of them deal with this exile into Babylon. There's more of them there, but they all deal with this exile to Babylon. And so when they got out of exile, when God finally released them out of exile, sent them back, they learned their lesson. We are going to follow the word of God. We're going to dot the I and cross the T. That too becomes a problem. Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son. We see the one son wild living and he goes off and he comes back and the father rejoices. But the other son was just in as much sin as the first son. And he tells him, he says, you know, dad, I followed all the rules. I've done all the right things. He was just as lost as the other ones. Because he didn't have a relationship with his father. He had a, his father was the rule giver and he was the follower. See, that's not what God wants. God wants a relationship with you. God desires a relationship. He doesn't want you to follow the law for the sake of following the law. He wants you to be in relationship with him. The, the, the rules and the things, the do nots and all that stuff is to keep us out of trouble. Keep us out of trouble. And so we got to look at this, uh, look at this real quick. It all follows the, the people were in exile for a reason. They stopped following God's way. They had idols, they had all this other stuff. But one of the main things they stopped doing was following the Sabbath. We can read Daniel, it'll tell you about it a little bit. They stopped following the Sabbath. So it jumps all the way back to Leviticus 23. Who studied the book of Leviticus lately? Because Leviticus 23, it's a great book to study. Uh, one day we'll study the feast days and the feast of the Lord. And Leviticus 23, chapter 1, or verse 1, excuse me. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say to them, The feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be a holy convocation, these are my feasts. Six days you shall be done, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath of Solomon. Rest, a holy convocation. 
You shall do no work on it, and it is, it is the Sabbath on the Lord. You will do uh, the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. Well, they the Jews were famous, or the Hebrew people were famous about getting around the law. Oh, God said this. And in this case, this, there was no cooking allowed on the Sabbath because it was work day. It was work. You were supposed to prepare the food beforehand and you could have leftovers that day. So no cooking on the Sabbath. Well, they were early Methodists, by the way. They were just early Methodists. They liked to eat. So they would hire a non-Israelite to cook for them. I didn't cook. They cooked. They would hire, they needed stuff, something done on the farm or something done with the animals. I didn't do it. They did it. So therefore, I'm good, God. I'm good. No, you're not. No, you're not, because you're just finding ways to get around the law. You're just finding ways to get around the law. And that's not what God said. And so we've got to look at the meaning of the Sabbath. The meaning of the Sabbath is you shall work six days. There is plenty of work to do in six days. And in one day, you shall have a day to spend with God. When it says rest, when you really study this in Hebrew, the meaning of everything else, do all your work in six days, but there's going to be one day. That doesn't mean you don't pray, you don't do your devotional during that, but one day is God's day. And you're going to spend in the presence of God. And to get to know God. Remember the analogy between us and Jesus, or us and God, is a marriage analogy. We're the bride, and, and he's the groom. And that's our analogy uh, throughout the Bible. And so with this, the question is, let me just bring up something. Focus on the family, American Institute. There's three or four things you study on it. When you study marriage, what is in today's world, what is the average year somebody's married before they get a divorce? It used to be three, it was seven. Those are the three critical years. After you make it past the seven, what is the... The number of years before somebody gets married. Has anybody got a rough idea? Besides Tammy, she heard the sermon once already. <laughs> 25. There we go. Right on the mark. Who said that? Wave. There we go. 25 to 35 years of marriage. Uh, a broad thing there. And goes along. Because let me tell you what happens in marriage. I, I all, Tammy and I know this all real well. We're married people 23 years. And, uh, and we know this real well. Uh, you, you get married, you know, two become one, and what, what shows up? A child. We're going to keep it G-rated. Uh, what shows up is a child. Maybe two or three children. And going along. Life, especially in today's world, life is busy, correct? It's life is busy without children. Throw a couple children in. you got soccer practice, you got baseball practice, football practice, band practice, cheer, dance, whatever the case is. You're busy. Husband's going this way with a child. Wife's going this way with a child. Both parents are working. Boom, 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 boom. It doesn't mean you don't meet each other, you don't have family dinner, you don't do some of the things going on. But life is busy. What happens to those children, or we hope happens to those children? Uh, they grow older, and they get their own life. Go to college, uh, move out, get a job, or sometimes even if they still live with you. We have one still living with us. And she has her own thing going on. And, and so we're going along there. All of a sudden, one day, husband and wife look at each other, and I don't have a clue who you are. I know your name, I know the basic things you got, I know where you live, and I know the clothes you got in the closet, and there's way too many pair of shoes. Of course, I'm not talking about you, honey. Uh, I'm talking about somebody else. Yeah, all, all those uh, shoes and everything else. Uh, but I ain't got a clue what you like, what you, what you dislike. You know, it just gets that way. Have we all? Most married couples get that way one time or another in their marriage. 
Uh, it's just that way. Most family counselors today, because of our world is so busy today, recommend once a week that you have a cup of coffee, uh, breakfast, or something with your spouse. Maybe an hour, two hours, and you sit with your spouse and you talk about everything but finances, bills, uh, problems in the world. You just continue to get to know each other. And once or twice a month, they recommend a date night or a date day where you go and you go off. And again, you leave the kids behind, you leave your dog behind, you leave everything behind. And you go off and it's just you two reacquainting yourselves with each other. And that way, because we all change through the seasons of life. That way, 25 years from now, you've changed with your partner. You've changed with your partner. Well, God wants the same thing. God wants the same thing. So the Sabbath, when the first thing that he institutes after all the creation is the Sabbath. I'm going to let you be busy for six days. Six days you should toil the ground, six days you should do that. But on the seventh day, for us it's the first day, and there's a reason for that that we'll discuss another time. On the first day, or on the seventh day, once a week, you're going to spend in with me to keep our relationship fresh. Too many people, we have been taught the cheap gospel of Christ. Man, once you say I'm saved, you're saved, you're always saved, and I don't need, it doesn't matter when I come to church, but I don't come to church, it doesn't matter what I do. Holy convocation, that word in Hebrew means dress rehearsal. It means actually holy, separate, apart, dress rehearsal. In the feast, the eighth feast there, the seventh feast we will deal with the prophecy the first four have been completed. We're waiting for the next three. That's a whole other subject. We're all in Holy Conference until the real thing happens. If you're here at 8 o'clock in the morning, you'll hear the praise band starting to practice. You're here earlier today, you walk by the choir room, you hear the choir practicing. They're in Holy Convocation. They are in practice for the real thing. They're going to practice, they're going to come out, and they're going to sing. And they do a great job at that, by the way. And, and so that's what that Holy Convocation means. Because the day is coming for this prophecy to be fulfilled, and you know when this prophecy gets fulfilled? It's the day that you stand before the throne of judgment, the throne there. And we were standing before the throne. We, if you are a saved person, you will stand there and you will sing, Holy, Holy, Holy. I honestly believe the choir is going to break into amazing grace. It's amazing that I'm even there. That's the grace of God. And on that, how bad will it be if you do not know how to worship the Lord? Sunday is a day for us to put all other things away, to come into the presence of God, in the fellowship of God, and to come together to give Him praises because one day, one day is coming when we'll be in the presence of each other again. We will be standing before the throne. The gloriness of God will be before us and we'll be singing holy, holy, holy. And for us bad singers, we will sound good. Or they'll put us in the back. Your head will be pretty full. They'll put us in the back still. Uh, but whatever the case is, that's what it's about. That's what the Sabbath day is about. And what the Pharisees had done, what the Pharisees had done, had made it a law. There was a book, and we have this book uh, somewhere in the historic archive. On the Sabbath, had like a thousand pages. They sat down with a committee, early Methodists. They sat down with a committee. Okay, on this, what constitutes work? How many steps can I take before that becomes work? And so they said you can take 10 steps. You know, they figured out average housing dwelling. You can walk from one side to the other if you need to do a restroom and come back, you know. And so, okay, you can walk 10 or 20 steps. And so what they would do is on their way to somewhere, they'd walk for 20 steps, stop, 
<laughs> There's a time for break. Okay, I can walk 20 more steps. They found a way around it. And, and so they made this a strict law. And with the Sabbath and all the other things, is it's not about the law, strictness of dotting the eye across the teeth. Jesus and God are all one, the two together. They, he wants a relationship with you. These things aren't about uh, laws following across the eye, uh, dotting the eye, crossing the teeth. It's about God wanting and desiring a relationship with you. That's what God wants. That's the whole thing. And that's why Jesus is so mad at him. Hypocrite. Don't you understand what the Sabbath was made for? And that's what they had forgot. They had forgotten it. Read Malachi. Malachi is a good story. Were you robbed from God? Well, how did we rob from God? You didn't bring all the tithes and offerings into the storehouse. So many people relate that to money. And money's part of it. I don't preach a whole lot of money. Because if you're spiritually right, giving is never a problem. If you're spiritually right, writing that check, writing a check for a little extra for sacrifices never becomes a problem. Because you know it, you're doing it for the God, and you're building up your, you're building up your reward in heaven. And so, and so also I work on spirituality with people, because we need that spirituality with people. But the tithes and offerings. How much time did you spend with God this week? Did you spend a day in fellowship with people and the fellowship of God? That's what church is all about. Being in this fellowship with each other. And we miss church here and there. We go on vacation, different things come up, we get sick or something else, and that's okay. But here we go along with this. Here we are with this. What happens when we got enough money, we got everything, we think everything is good. Yeah, church, I, I go to church. It's just the same old thing. Yeah, the choir is good, or the praise band, Pinsley Service Red, they're good. Crazy preacher, you know, tell them what he'll say. That's good. His wife does a better children's message than him. If we get more children, we can listen to her more than him. I mean, I understand. I already know where I raised. Uh, we're, we're on this deal here. On this deal here. But, you know, it's the first day of the NFL. That's coming. The first day of the game. We watch the preseason game. We can give all the predictions. I, I've confessed. I got a love of Jesus. Oh, how slippery that slope is, people. How slippery that slope is. Because once we realize we got it all, we got it all figured out, you read, the, you read Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. It's the last church in all the churches. We're going to cover that one day soon, I promise. We're going to cover all the churches one day. The last church. And this is for the he's talking to the church, but he's talking to the people in the church. Too. Remember, the church is the people. You think you got it all. I'm going to paraphrase it real quick. You think you got it all. But you don't. In fact, you're not hot for me. You're not cold for me. You're just lukewarm. The lukewarm Christian is the most dangerous Christian there is. I don't need to teach Sunday school. I don't need to be involved in people. I don't need to witness my life. I, don't, I just need to come to church occasionally, throw a little bit of money in. That is the most dangerous Christian that there is today in life. And what does Jesus say about that Christian? I will hurl you. Vomit, it means, when you read that in Greek, it means extremely with high projectile. The only thing I can think of, little babies, little babies, real quick. How can a little kid hurl that much, that fast, that hard? Some of a little child or a grandchild, you understand that? I remember when Hannah was born. Holy, man, I mean, is that really? Really, that little child did that? And, uh, and, and so that's what Jesus says, because you become such a foul taste in the mouth of God. You become a, such a foul taste in the mouth of God. 
There's two types of Christians. Let me read this warning to you, and you tell me which one you are. I got time here? I do. Let me uh, time here. Luke, I mean, excuse me, Matthew, Matthew, because I'm doing that bad with the, the, the words there. 21. Jesus is talking to believers now. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Did you hear that? Let that sink in for just a second. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have, you not, have we not prophesied your name? Did we cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who are practiced lawlessness. Man, if I could get one of you to prophesy, if I could get one of you to cast out demons, if I could get one of you to do many wonders, we would grow this church. Trust me, we just would. <coughs> but what he's saying there, what Jesus is telling us, you could be the best church person you could be. You could be at the church every Sunday. You could be one writing the biggest check in the, in the offering plate. You could be teaching the most Sunday school. You could be driving the kids down to that. You could be at the church every time the doors is open. Just because you do that doesn't mean you have a relationship with Jesus. And for those who do not, just because you do all the good works, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, and you said you called on the name of the Lord, but you don't have Jesus in your heart, you don't have this love for Jesus, Jesus says you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. It is more than just saying, call upon me in the name of the Lord. That is true. That is the beginning of it. But it's having this relationship, this love for God, and then nothing to do. I need to work for God, whether I need to teach Sunday school, whether I need to, to be the cleaning the floors, changing the lights, or I need to do anything else. There's no longer a burden. It's a joy. Because I'm doing it for the house of the Lord. I'm doing it for the glory of God. For those who think it's a burden, you have lost your reward, and you may not enter the kingdom of heaven. That is a scary day. That is a scary day. The second type of Christian, and this is what we're all striving for, is Matthew chapter 25, uh, verse 21. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. May what a contrast there, real quick. Where are you at in life? Let me just cut to the, the I guess somebody calls it the brass tacks or the, the, cut to the bottom line. You can look and act like the best Christian out there and have a foul heart or a callous heart towards God. Here's the question as we close the sermon. How is your relationship with God? He desires and longs for a deeper and deeper relationship with you. Here's great news. If you can come today and you can realize I've kind of messed it up, God, if you will confess that sin and you work on that relationship, God, that God will wipe the past away and start a new today with you. If you've got a callous heart and you walk out of here with a callous heart, that's what you will die with is a callous heart. It is up to you. So I ask, as we close the sermon, we play the last song, examine your heart. How is it with God in you? 
the communion rail is open. Let me give you some rules of engagement. Military talk here. Rules of engagement. You come down, and just between you and God, keep your hands closed or do something like that, and I won't bother you. You want me to come down, you wave me, raise your hands or something, or raise your hand up, and I will come and I will pray with you. Or somebody else, some other godly person will come and pray with you. And we will pray, and we won't leave the house. The protection of this house, because the devil's standing outside to tear you apart. We won't leave until we make sure that we are in full relationship with the saints. Let us pray. Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, Lord, what beautiful words those are. Well done, my faithful servant. And that's the, the words that we strive for. To come and rest in my joy. Lord, that's what I look forward to. But Lord, trouble us if we're not on the right path to correct us. And Lord, we ask you this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.